0: Welcome to A Passion for Christ, a heart-to-heart conversation with pastors called to build the kingdom of God here in Southern California. Now here's your host, KKLA's Director of Ministry, Richard Kennedy. Imagine a country that's so small it would fit into Lake Michigan. In fact, this country is so small, you can get seven of it in the state of Florida, and yet it has one of the greatest histories and a future history that the world will ever look to. It's called Israel. And today, on A Passion for Christ, we're going to be talking about the nation of Israel and the influence it has around the world and has had around the world with Pastor Gary Durashinsky from Beth Ariel Congregational Church over in Canoga Park. Gary, Welcome. Oh, it's a joy to be with you again, Richard. Thanks for having me. Uh, It's always great to have you in. You know, it's uh, amazing to me, as I was watching the news recently, about what's going on in the nation of Israel. And it's like, we can't get Israel out of the news, can we? No, we can't. Not for very long. And, um, you know, as Christians, we have such a, a love relationship for Israel. And I thought today maybe we could focus on it because there's a lot going on there. You were recently there this past summer. Tell us a little about Israel.
1: Well, uh, I was there last summer, and uh, I was there with my son, Joel, and we had a chance to spend about a couple of weeks uh, there. I also have family in Israel uh, Mm. because my great-grandfather, you don't want to get me started on this because I'll go off for a long time, but my great-grandfather had immigrated to the land of Israel back in 1894. Wow! And so I have relatives there, and I was able to reconnect with them, and that was wonderful as uh, as well. But Israel is is uh, such a significant nation, not only with regard to current events, uh, but particularly with regard to the biblical revelation. I mean, God called abraham out of ur the chaldeans and brought him to a land that he would show him and the land that he showed him was the land of israel at that time mm-hmm. the land of the canaanites the jebusites and the hittites and all other kinds of Sites. nations <laughs> right but uh, would be destined to become the promised land the land that god had swore not only to abraham and his immediate descendants isaac and jacob but to his distant descendants, uh, those people we know of, know of as today as the Jewish people. Wow.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting because I had a friend recently just come back from Israel, and they were sharing some pictures with us, and they were up on a, a mountain, and they were overlooking this beautiful lush green valley. And, uh-huh. and you could see like just a cutoff, and all of a sudden it became a barren land. It was like a desert. And he says, that's Syria. And he says, and see that puff of smoke? They said it was a you know, either a grenade or some type of, you know, weapon that had just blown up. And I'm thinking, wow, here you can just see, you know, right across this beautiful lush field, you know, a war-torn land in Syria. Yeah. Well, Israel, if I'm not
1: mistaken, it is only about nine miles wide or so, or or, no, it can't be
0: just nine miles, but. Um, there are parts of it they say are seven miles wide, okay, and, and it goes as, as broad as maybe you know nineteen miles or something like that. But it's only two hundred and eighty miles long.
1: No, and it's a it's a nation that is always under attack. Terrorist groups are always attempting to disrupt and dis, uh, destroy the Jewish people. Yes. so it's very critical that Israel remains vigilant. Uh, and engaged. Israel is a beautiful country, but there was a time when it wasn't so beautiful. You know, the reason why Israel is the kind of country where uh, individuals want to go and to visit and mm-hmm. to enjoy uh, is because of its Jewish presence right. uh, before the Jewish. There was always a Jewish presence in the land. But before. Uh, The Jewish people came in larger numbers during the first Aliyah, for example, in the late 1800s and then subsequently uh, into the 20th century. Uh, Israel was a barren wasteland. The land around the Sea of Galilee was just riddled with uh, mosquitoes. It was a swamp. It was a place where there was high infestation of malaria. It Mm -hmm. It was the early Jewish pioneers. Who came in, who cleaned up the swamps, that began to plant trees in areas where the trees were cut down. You know, during the uh, Ottoman Empire, when the Ottomans ruled over the land of Israel, they would tax... Uh, people's property based on the number of trees that they had. So everyone would cut down their trees. And when they cut down the trees, it changed the whole ecological system. Mm -hmm. Uh, It changed uh, the irrigation um, systems. All kinds of things went imbalanced in the land of Israel. But when the Jewish people came in, started replanting trees, started establishing the kibbutzim and farms, and brought water in, uh, the land began to produce uh, greatly. And today it's a uh, a modern democratic society in the midst of a sea of of Arab uh, intolerance, mm. and uh, so your friend and all of us can enjoy going there uh, because of what the Jewish people have brought to the land,
0: and that by the grace of God. Well, if you just tune in, it's Pastor Gary Durysinski, and this is a passion for Christ, and we have the joy of talking about a very special place, Israel, and uh, we were just talking a little bit about the history of Israel, and 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 Gary. There's such a great tie-in to the Christian community because of Christ. Mm -hmm. And uh, you said you've got family members there. Tell us a little bit more about Israel and and how it ties into Christianity and, and why we have such a love for it today.
1: Well, uh, for one thing, the events of the Bible take place, for the most part, take place in the land of Israel. Mm -hmm. And many of those places you can visit today, uh, where David slew Goliath. You can go into the valley, I think it was the Valley of Ailon, and you can stand on these archaeological sites that uh, the Jewish people are uncovering. And Mm -hmm. you can look out and begin to visualize what this conflict was about. You can go to the Sea of Galilee, and you can visit uh, the place... Places where Yeshua, Jesus, had taught, where he uh, walked on water. Uh, You can go up into the Golan Heights, where uh, he had healed the man of Gadara that was filled with all of those demons. Uh, You can go down into the Dead Sea area, and uh, you remember how Yeshua told the story of the Good Samaritan. And you can go up and down that roadway that messiah himself would have would have traveled you can go into the city of jerusalem where it which has by the way the largest archaeological site uh, in the world the temple mount is so large Mm. that two of the great pyramids of giza two and a half of the great pyramids of giza can actually fit on top of that site. wow i didn't realize that and you know uh, on the south side of, uh, the old city of Jerusalem. That's where you can see the pinnacle of the temple where Messiah was brought by the evil one and told to throw himself down. And there are these steps that archeologists have uncovered that lead up to the temple mount where there are, uh, enclosed archways where the people of mm-hmm. the Jewish people would mm-hmm. have gone in and out of the temple mount, uh, to worship. And those steps that have been uncovered undoubtedly were steps that Messiah himself had walked on when he entered uh, into the Temple Mount to, uh, to worship. Hezekiah's tunnel is right outside oh. of oh. the Temple Mount. The old city of David is right outside. It there.
0: makes me want to take it's a amazing. tour, you know? Yeah, you, you think we're plugging a tour, but we're not. We're just talking about the right. history of Israel. Right. Well, you got me started. Yes. It's, you know, it's hard to stop. Well, we know, we ha- we know there's this great history, in Israel, but we also know there 's a future that 's going to take place and as I was yep. watching the news uh, last week, I, I saw something on Fox that just blew me away and it was this you know treaty and this new um, alliance that Russia and China have put together and it made me think of the scriptures you know and, and I know as you and I were talking earlier may and, may and Magog or whatever it 's called. Mm-hmm. And, you know, someone had told me once it would be Russia and China merging and coming down to Israel, but we know there's going to be a great battle there. And according to scriptures, all the nations are going to turn against Israel, which is really hard for me to believe that America somehow could do that. And yet you look at today in our politics, America's changed a little bit, even in the last uh, six years, haven't they?
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, you mentioned earlier how small this nation is, yes, and yet All the nations seem to be, and maybe not seem to be, but are riveted on this small country. Mm -hmm. And the scriptures say that in the end times, the Lord would stir up the nations so that they would be focused in on Israel, on Jerusalem, and on the Jewish people. You mentioned a great battle where the scriptures speak of the gathering of the armies, In the valley of Jezreel, the valley of Armageddon, which is in the Galilee area. And that at the end of time, these nations uh, and their armies that would gather there would march on Jerusalem and a great battle would be fought. And the and the city of Jerusalem, Zechariah tells us, would be taken. It will fall. And it will be in the context of that kind of suffering and anguish among God's chosen people that they will cry out for the Messiah for deliverance. And they will come to realize in that moment that their Messiah is none other than Yeshua, Jesus of Nazareth, who gave his life for them. They will call upon him whom they have pierced. And they will mourn for one, Zechariah says, mm-hmm. as one mourns for his only son, and the Messiah will return. His foot will stand on, uh, the Mount of Olives, which is just east of the city of Jerusalem, the base of which is the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, Gethsemane means olive press. And so it's right there on the, on the base of the Mount of Olives. But Messiah will return there. And, uh, he will then vanquish Israel's enemies. He will march into the city of Jerusalem. He'll set up his throne. He'll rebuild the temple and uh, Israel will become the nation that all nations were told by Isaiah will flow into that city and into that nation in order to worship the Lord and uh, and to give Him praise. Wow, wow! So there are exciting things the Bible speaks about yes. uh, with regard to the land of Israel. You know, Isaiah says there will be a highway constructed from Egypt to Assyria. Assyria is north of Israel. Egypt is south. And coming from these two great nations, uh, a highway will flow right through the land of Israel and will be used to bring all peoples from the north, south, east, and west into that great city uh, Mm -hmm. to worship the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Israel's Messiah, and Israel's Deliverer.
0: Wow. But you you know, you hear that and you think, thank you, Lord. We know what the end result is going to be. But that seven years of tribulation, and all the things are going to be going, it's going to be a really bleak time. Uh,
1: Indeed. Jeremiah, in chapter 30, I'm pretty sure, uh, tells us that it would be the time of Jacob's trouble. And Zechariah tells us that time of Jacob's trouble uh, is meant to bring a struggle and tribulation, as you say, upon the Jewish people in order to refine them. Zechariah says as Gold and silver is refined, so that at the end of that time of suffering, uh, Israel will be the kind of righteous nation that God had intended her to be Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And Zechariah tells us that because of God's refining work in their uh, hearts and in their lives, Zechariah says, Ten men from all the nations will grab the coat of him that is a Jew and say, Let us go with you, for we have heard. Uh, god is with you you know in the past individuals would grab hold of jewish people uh not to bless them but to harm them and anti-semitism is a uh a very insidious uh problem in our world and has been over the centuries but when messiah comes and all of those uh wrongs are righted Mm -hmm. then they Mm -hmm. will look upon god's chosen people not as an enemy Mm -hmm. but rather as emissaries of the living God. And let's say, hey, we want to go with you Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. we know God is with you. We know he dwells among you. We know he has changed you and transformed your lives and has transformed your nation. That's why Isaiah says uh, that can a nation be born in a day? I know many refer to 1948, but it's really looking forward to the time when God restores his people, not only physically like he did in 1948, bringing them back into their land, but he will restore them spiritually so that, as Jeremiah says, chapter 31, they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest. Hmm.
0: Well, if you just tuned in, on Richard Kennedy. This is the passion for Christ, and that is uh, Pastor Gary Durashinsky. He's the congregational leader of Beth Ariel, which is a messianic congregation. It's a, a ministry that reaches out to people from Israeli faith, letting them know who their real Messiah is. And it's such a wonderful ministry, and uh, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But, you know, you, when you were sharing about... All nations, you know, verging on Israel. And when I think of Israel today, I always think of it as this peaceful place still where we can go as Christians and, and see our, our, our Christian roots. And then when I saw these pictures recently and, you know, the puffs of smoke and thinking, wow, Syria just right over there and there's so much turmoil in the Middle East. And here's Israel, this little haven in the middle of it and how they survive, it blows me away. And then I, I look how small it is and yet there are still jews going to israel aren't they they're Mm -hmm. still looking for a place of exodus a place of of refuge and you and i were just talking about you know what's going on with russia you know right now is causing people to want to exodus the ukraine to come over there isn't it
1: oh absolutely um let me just say that while there's a lot of turmoil that swirls around israel Mm -hmm. when you visit israel and i've heard this time and time again uh people before they go they're forewarned. You're going into a you know an area that's sort of a hotbed of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of uh, violent activity. Mm. But you talk with individuals who've been to Israel. They come back. They say, never saw any of it. Yeah. Never uh, felt any uh, safer than when I've uh, when I've been there, um, and that it uh, is not a dangerous place to go to. And in fact, it's a very beautiful place. It's a wonderful place. The people are really uh, terrific. Yes. And um, and you'll experience uh, the place where all of these wonderful things had, take, had occurred mm-hmm. in the Bible. Mm-hmm. But yes, uh, many Jewish people continue to emigrate or immigrate to the land of Israel. In fact, today, uh, there are more Jewish people in the land of Israel, over 6 million, close to 7 million, than any other country. Uh, that also tells us where we might be on this prophetic timetable. You wow. know, for many years— Most Jews lived in the United States, over 6 million. Today, there's about 5.8 million Jewish people in the United States and nearly 7 million in the land of Israel. Hmm. And they are coming because of the rise of anti-Semitism in places like France, places like Sweden, uh, in England. Uh, You mentioned the Ukraine. There's over 200,000 Jewish people in the Ukraine. And, of course, they're caught in the crossfire of of uh, events that are going on between the ukrainians and and the russians and so if the jews who are primarily in the southern part in the crimean area of the ukraine uh, who embrace democracy and freedom uh, they're looked upon negatively because in the south most of the ukrainians identify themselves with russia and um so the the jewish people in the ukraine um, are being ostracized, and, and many are leaving. And from what I understand, uh, Israel is helping many of those Jewish people to get mm. out, of the, uh, mm. out of Ukraine and come into the land of Israel. And I will, would imagine that we're going to see a large influx of Ukrainian Jews uh, over the next five or ten years, or maybe even shorter than that. Well,
0: You know, I, I would think today there's an impression there's not a lot of anti-Semitism anymore, and yet there really is. You were talking about even France.
1: Oh, yeah. It just
0: continues to grow. And we just
1: read about the shooting uh, in Brussels outside a Jewish museum. Hmm. Uh, I don't know how many people were were killed. Maybe it was four or five, something like that. Yeah. Uh, But it just continues to escalate. And, of course, in Europe, you've got a movement to boycott products in israel and uh, to divest themselves of investments that are made in israeli uh, companies Mm -hmm. and so these things continue to uh, persist and continue to challenge um, jewish people wherever they live Mm -hmm. Uh, fortunately unlike what happened prior to world war ii now jewish people have a place uh, they can go a jewish state a place that they can call home, and a place where um, the the country will embrace them and right. would long for them to
0: come. Yeah. Wow, Gary, it's uh, it's it breaks my heart to hear in our culture today that is supposed to be so tolerant. Mm-hmm. There's so much intolerance. Oh, absolutely. And it's uh, and we sense it as Christians, you know, here in America, you know, when we stand up for moral uh, values and, and what is right. You know, that scripture talks about. You know, there will be a day when. That which is right is wrong, and that which is wrong is right. And man, we are we are just faced with it every day. As believers, we need to be praying for Israel, don't we?
1: Oh, for sure. Um, first of all, I, I would say that for all Bible-believing uh, believers, Christians. Um, We, of all people, should be at the top of the list of embracing Israel, Mm -hmm. supporting Israel, loving Israel. After all, the scriptures that are given to us have been given to us uh, by God through the Jewish people. As Paul says, uh, to them were committed the oracles of God. Uh, The land of Israel was a land that was promised to Abraham and his son Isaac and his son Jacob and his sons, the 12 tribes, of the Jewish people. So we should be at the forefront. Our Messiah uh, is Jewish. Uh, the scriptures say that salvation is of the Jews. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scriptures tell us the gospel is the power of God, Romans the 1.16, pow- the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. When Messiah sent out his disciples, he told them in Matthew 10, do not go to the way of the Samaritans or to the Gentiles, but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, later, he does give the marching orders going to all the world, Right. but during his earthly ministry, his love for the Jewish people was so great and so deep, and his messiahship was intended to be received by the Jewish people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that he sends his disciples particularly and, dare I say it, exclusively uh, to the Jewish people in Matthew 10. Mm-hmm. So we need to be very careful about how we understand the Jewish people and their relationship to God. They are the chosen people. In fact, uh, the Lord through Zechariah tells us that Israel is the apple of his eye. That means he's the pupil of his eye. That means everything he does and sees is with an intention of fulfilling his promises to Mm -hmm. Israel. Mm -hmm. And you know what happens when inadvertently or purposely someone Mm -hmm. sticks their finger in your eye, immediately you react. Right. Well, when individuals mess with Israel, attack Israel, deprecate Israel. God moves in very powerful ways to protect His people, but if I can just say one last thing, yeah, what can we as believers do for Israel? Yes, if I can just mention a, a couple of things, very absolutely. Quickly.
0: That was my next question. So great.
1: Well, number one, they can visit the land. Uh, tourism brings a great deal of economic support to Israel, and it will bring a great deal of. Uh, strengthening to one's faith, to see these places. No longer are they distant places. Now you begin to see the events and why they transpired the way that they did when you're there. So you can visit Israel. Mm -hmm. Uh, Secondly, we need to be aware of the current events. There are a lot of things being said against Israel that we oftentimes do not think about deeply enough, and we have to be very careful. There are Christian groups out there that are advocating pro-Palestinian, uh, postures, and are uh, raising questions about the legitimacy of Israel's right to exist and their right to the land of Israel, we as Bible-believing Christians, if you will, uh, need to stand against those kinds of movements. Movement? Oh, I'm sorry.
0: No, no, no. But where can we find information like that, Gary? Where can we educate ourselves? Are there websites? Are there ministries?
1: Absolutely. On the Internet, if you, um, if you type in... Certain ministries, for example, Ariel Ministries, um, Chosen People Ministries, Jews for Jesus. These organizations have links for information on these kinds of pro Palestinian. Christian groups that are distorting the truth of the scriptures with regard mm-hmm. to what they mm-hmm. teach about Israel and its relationship to the Jewish people and are promoting um, Palestinian distortions of mm-hmm. what's going on mm-hmm. in the land of Israel and what the Israelis are like. Oh, yeah. uh, another organization that would be interesting to connect with is a group called Volunteers for Israel. Okay. in which you pay for your way to go over but then you work with the Israeli military uh to do things that would uh free the Israeli um, soldiers from having to do like clean tanks and uh, provide mess kits and medical garb and things of that sort.
0: I can just see a young uh, youth group getting very excited about going over and doing that type of ministry. I'm not sure what the age of yes. them. this would be, but it'd be a great place. And,
1: and we need to, if I just say one last thing, yeah. Uh, Psalm 122 verse six says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Yes. They shall prosper that love thee. Mm. Um, we need to pray for God's chosen people. And we need to pray for the land that he has given to them.
0: Well, that's Pastor Gary Durshinsky, and he is the congregational leader of Beth Ariel over here in Canoga Park. And if you want to get a little taste of Israel, I encourage you to visit their church. When are your services? Our services are held
1: every Shabbat, every Saturday morning uh, at 1030.
0: And you can go to their website, which is BethAriel.org, to find out more information about their fellowship. It's, I've been there. It's a wonderful place of, um, I'm going to use the word inspiration. I mean, you teach the Word of God, but I was so inspired and I went there. And it was such a blessing to be there, Pastor Gary. And so. Um, and that was Pastor Gary Druszynski. He's with Beth Ariel, and he's been a guest today on A Passion for Christ, and we're so glad you're here. And we just uh, encourage you, both of us, to pray for the peace of Israel, find a way of getting over there, make some friends, and invite them to Beth Ariel uh, Saturday mornings at what time? 10.30. 10.30. Well, thanks for tuning in for A Passion for Christ. We hope that you uh, enjoyed this conversation about Israel, and we do encourage you to pray for peace in Bethlehem. You've been listening to A Passion for Christ, sponsored by 99.5 KKLA. Tune in again next week at this time for another intimate glimpse of what God is stirring in the hearts of Southern California's pastors here on A Passion for Christ.